Spirit. We will be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Let's pick back up verse 16. Oh, by the way, as we unpack this, we're now going to see some things happen. Here's what we're going to see. We're going to see how the Holy Spirit indwells Peter. Peter then yields control to the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit leads and empowers Peter to do what? Preach the gospel. That's what we're going to see. So we're going to see an example of the things, the three things that we've already looked at. We're now going to get a real example through uh, the apostle Peter. Let's pick back up verse 16. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. As a side note, if you take notes, this is Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 32. So he has, this is his focal passage, right? He's preaching the gospel, and he's picked out his passage, and it comes from Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 32. And here's what he says, verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. You have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, and by the way, this is Psalm 16, verses 8 through 11, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the, the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. Jesus, God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this 
which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself. And by the way, this is Psalm 110, verse 1. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Don't you know Peter was like, mic drop, let's sing just as I am. He was ready, right? What an incredible sermon. What an incredible sermon. Powerful. So what should happen next, right? I mean, we're seeing this incredible sermon. We're seeing Peter, who has the indwelling of the Spirit. He has surrendered to the Holy Spirit. He is now being led by the Holy Spirit and speaking the things of God in the gospel. What should happen? It's the same thing that happens today when those things happen. The same thing that happened then is the same thing that still happens today when we have people who surrender to the Holy Spirit, surrender their lives, give their life to Christ, yield to the Spirit's leading, lead by the Holy Spirit's leading. What happens now happened then. What happened then should happen now. So what was it? What happens when we have the indwelling of the Spirit surrendered to his control and empowered to share the gospel the holy spirit will convict us of sin that's what happens the holy spirit will begin to work in the hearts of men and he's going to draw and he's going to say listen i'm i'm speaking to you i'm talking to you this is for you and lives are going to be changed as they do what give their lives to Christ and then begin to walk in the Spirit. That's what they'll do. So, key point number five then is what? Key point number five is we will be convicted by the Holy Spirit and the church grows. We'll be convicted by the Holy Spirit and the church grows. Let's look, let's pick back up verse 37. Now when they had heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Isn't that incredible? They're hearing the sermon. The Holy Spirit's convicting them and their hearts going, what am I supposed to do? We crucified him. What can I do now? And Peter said to them, repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them. That's another way of saying Peter wouldn't shut up. He kept preaching. He didn't land the plane. He just kept going. He had a longer sermon than this, but you get the gist of it. But he says, listen to this. Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. Let's pause there. Anybody who, who gets this out of order, you don't, don't miss this. What was the qualification for Baptist? Gladly received his word. 
when you gladly receive his word, when you accept Christ, then you're a candidate for baptism. It's not the other way around. You're not baptized in hopes that one day you'll gladly receive his word. You gladly receive his word, and then you're baptized. And that day, listen to this, about 3,000 souls were added to them. That's a revival. 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. You remember what I said last week? about how you're going to see this shift in the way the disciples acted toward each other. It was right there, Acts chapter 1. This shift happened. They're in one accord. How do we begin chapter 2? They're in one accord. What do we see here at the end of chapter 2? They're in one accord. They are fellowshipping with one another. They, are, they have yielded to the Spirit at this point. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, there we see it again, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Isn't that what we want to see happen even today? You know, we want to see the same thing, right? We want to, we want to see people who have yielded to the Holy Spirit, you know, given their life to Christ, indwelt by the Holy Spirit, yielding to Him, being filled with Him, empowered by Him to, to let the gospel be known, and then seeing the Lord do what? Give the increase. You know, Pentecost is, 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 as I said earlier, it's known as the Feast of Weeks. And it's a celebration not just of the marking of the beginning of harvest. There were, as I mentioned very early on, there were two focuses. One was the beginning of harvest. And then the other purpose of Pentecost was to celebrate the arrival of the law. It was a celebration of the day that Moses came down from the mountain with the law. And it's interesting when you think about Pentecost and you think about what are they celebrating, they're celebrating the fact that God gave them the law. But when I go back and I read Exodus, when Moses came down, that wasn't a pretty picture. <laughs> that wasn't a pretty picture of what was going on. They're celebrating it. They're celebrating it. Well, they're celebrating that God gave them the law. But do you not remember how your people acted? <laughs> do you not remember what you did? Do you remember the golden calf? Do you remember where your worship was focused? I'm like, okay, so I get it. You're celebrating that God gave you the law, but boy, in the moment, that first, shall we say, Pentecost, like, you blew it. <laughs> you know, you guys were worshiping false gods. In fact, listen, it's not a pretty picture. Listen, Exodus chapter 32, verses 1 through 7. Now, when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Hey, come make us gods that, that shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So they're like, he's taken too long. 
he's taking too long. Let's do something else instead. They're not patient. And Aaron said to them, hey, break off the golden earrings, which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron, and he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a golden calf. That's a lot of earrings. Then they said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. What? What? So when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. So they're, they're already ready to start celebrating the feast. Look at what God's done. Then they rose early on the next day, offered burnt offerings, and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said to Moses, go, get down. For your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. So God does what? He's like, look, they're already, they're heading off. Go, go, quick. When we skip down, same chapter, verse 28. So the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses. And about 3,000 men, men of the people fell that day. They lost their they lost their lives. Why? Because they were not following God's plan. Did you notice how many died? Three thousand. How many souls were added to the church when the when so when God sends his law and we are rebellious, it is met with judgment. And 3,000 of them died. Now God says, I'm going to send you my spirit. And you know what happens when we surrender to that? Lives are changed. Lives are changed. 3,000 souls were added. We deserve death. But we gain life. When we, we begin to realize that we can never obey the law on our own. We don't celebrate the arrival of the law at Pentecost. Rather, we celebrate the arrival of the Holy Spirit and he helps us he's a helper and he helps us to become more like Christ so church I want you to hear me on this it's harvest season we just celebrated Easter we just celebrated the resurrected Christ we are now in that period as we begin to work toward the day of Pentecost we are in this period where it was prepare, get ready for the harvest. Get ready for the harvest. Get ready for the harvest. May we be found faithful in this season. This season of harvest. Doing what? Pointing people to Jesus. And that leads me to one last thought. The promise that Peter proclaimed still stands that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be.